And the survey says. We appreciate you so much for watching. My name is James DeBose, General Manager, Head of Program at Fox Soul, and you are watching The Michael Finkley Show, the greatest man walking in his purpose right now. So make sure you tune in if you want to be All new Michael Finkley. Actor RJ Smith is with us as he talks about his transition from Alice Strange to ABC's The Rookie and so much more. Coming up next. If I can make it through the night just to see a brighter side. Hello everybody, welcome to the Michael Finkley Show. Thanks for joining us today. Now y'all, I love interviewing individuals. I have interviewed almost, I think over 300 individuals so far, and I've almost been on this platform for two years. And each of them comes with an incredible story um, of triumph, success, their experiences, the, the love, the hate, everything that they like to talk about. And I'm so glad I'm thankful to allow individuals to come and they share their stories, you know, we're encouraged on one of those testimonies and I truly believe that. Uh, it's amazing to interview your everyday people that you may see at the local Walmart. And it's also incredible to interview those individuals that you may have seen on television or in the movies that you watched so long ago or even currently, recently within your life. Y'all, I get giddy every time I interview those individuals because Sometimes, sometimes I grow. You grow up with them, right? You grow up with them. You may have seen them on uh, different stations and movies, and they're just a two-dimensional figure. But when you have a conversation with them, it makes them that much more three-dimensional. And that is our next guest today. I am talking about R.J. Smith. R.J. Smith is with us. You may remember him from the Nickelodeon hit show, The Journey of Alan Strange. I remember watching every Saturday on Snake on Nickelodeon. That's how old I am, right? But he talks about his time in the industry, his current projects, what he wants to do um, in the future as well, and of course, his incredible family. Y'all, it's a conversation you don't want to miss, think fam, but don't go away. Back in a moment. Coming up, we have R.J. Smith here. Don't you go away. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Grammy-nominated Lavelle Crawford. You know me. But you are watching my man, Michael Finkley, on the Michael Finkley Show. He watching his brother going to play. On the next Michael Finkley Show. Dr. Tina Ramsey is with us. She chats with us about her incredible show and so much more. Friday. Hello everybody, it's Finkley from the Finkley Experience. We're an educational consulting firm that specializes in first generation education. So we assist students with their college and career endeavors. We train school administrators on the state of first generation students. And also we partner with colleges and universities to assist their first generation population for easy transition from high school to college. 
So if you're looking for a presenter or speaker that presents on these topics and so much more, visit our website at thethinklyexperience.com and learn about all that we do. We're looking forward to working with you. Everybody, welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Now, y'all, my next guest, he is an actor, an entertainer. Y'all, he's a dad. He is a husband. He is R.J. Smith. R.J., thanks for being with us. Thank you. Hey. What's up, what's up? <laughs> we are here. We are here. We're here, sir. We're here. Thank you for chatting with us these few moments. And y'all, I'm a little giddy because... We kind of, I feel like I grew up with you. You're like a brother in my mind as I watched you on Nickelodeon, SNCC, all Snick. those years ago. Right. We're both telling our age. But uh, <laughs> we still look good, though. But we look good. We look good. We look good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but thank you for being with us today and just being who you are. Being thank you, who you are um, in this industry. So uh, let's go back, RJ. Okay. Let's go let's back. So... If you were to go back to the age of six years old, what would you tell that little, little, small fella way back when? Um, that body aches are real. Uh, you should really do Epsom salt baths uh, as you get older. Stretch and uh, drink a lot of water. Take your vitamins. Um, I would tell that little boy that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, everything's going to work out. Um, I will also say that little boy, uh, at, at least at that time in my life, growing up in Southern California, um, Hollywood was always in my backyard. And so it's always interesting when I talk to individuals about existing in the business in Los Angeles, when you're a native of LA, if things don't work out, that's still home. Right. And for a lot of people, if things didn't work out, they had to move back to where the, you know, wherever their home state was or, you know, their, their hometown because things didn't work out for them. And I think for me, having that luxury was very benevolent because I didn't really have to worry about failure. But I also didn't know the extent of my success in this business, especially as a little black boy. So I would definitely tell that six year old boy, keep pushing forward. You're going to be OK um, and know that things are going to work out. Um Especially in entertainment, you don't know which way it can go. Right. You don't know which way it can go. And I started this business at the age of nine. Uh, I told my parents I was about seven or eight when I expressed a desire to be in entertainment. And I was officially nine years old. Uh, when I got in, I got my first commercial when I was 10 with Shaquille O'Neal. It was an all-sport commercial that I did with my brother, Taj Mowry. And... Um, yeah, I'm telling you, it was just one of those things where then and even now I was having fun and I'm still having fun. And I think that's a key factor. You got to enjoy it. You got to mm -hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. 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 So you knew at an early age that you wanted this. Exactly. You knew oh, that yeah. you wanted this. How oh, yeah. big was your drive back then? Do you still have that same drive today? I think... Yes, I mean absolutely. The drive, the drive is the in the same in the sense of its pureness and its pure intentions. But the nature of the course shifts as you get older. So, for example, when you're nine or ten or even thirteen on Nickelodeon, you're really like the cute little boy, the cute little black boy. 
the interesting little black boy. Mm-hmm. When you become 23, 33, you ain't no cute little boy anymore. It's you got to have you actually have to show that you have the talent. Not to say that I wasn't showcasing talent as an as an adolescent uh, or as a teenager, but it is to say once you become a grown man, you really have to make sure you hone into your skills uh, because the business takes on a whole nother level. It's never been called show friends. It's always called show business. Mm -hmm. But once you become an adult, you really feel and absorb the politics of the business. So my drive has always been the same as far as being pure. But for example, now my intentions behind work are my kids and my wife. So like I work hard because I got to put food on the table. I want to make them proud. You know, so again, pureness is there, but the intentions kind of evolve Um, now that I've almost almost been in this game for 30 years, you know, so long time. Yeah. What is the secret? We see so many child actors and actresses go off the cuff, right? I know so. (laughs) (laughs) Just go off the cuff. Yeah. Um, But we never heard RJ going off the cuff, right? We've always seen him, you know, working. So what's the secret? Almost 30 years. Uh, My personal secret is the Lord. That's my number one. That's my personal. Um, I will say right behind that, right after that, rather, would be my parents. Uh, even while I was working on Alan Strange, my mom always said, you still going to take out the trash when we get home. You still got to do the dishes. You still got to do your laundry. Yeah. So I never lost uh, a sense of reality, but also a sense of uh, uh, being a normal person and actually t- knowing how to take care of yourself. And not assuming that life is always going to cater to you. Because it is a challenge, I will admit. If you're on set, people are catering to you. Oh, RJ, let me get this for you. Oh, RJ, let me do. Oh, RJ, sit right. Oh, RJ, here's just trailer. Great. But when you go home, ain't nobody taking the trash out for you. Ain't nobody, you know, bringing you coffee. You got it. Well, my wife brings me coffee. But again, I bring her coffee as well. But I, I thank God for my parents maintaining a sense of normalcy and reality while also juggling this very unique success I found as a little black boy in entertainment. And so as I got older, uh, the humility, I think, is what has sustained me. Um, I always get nervous to this day, but nervousness is a good thing. thing. Uh, It shows you care. So I I haven't lost that. I thank God I still have that. I hope I can still maintain that. Um, but that humility, uh, within, you know, again, being nervous, caring about the work you do, caring about what you're showcasing, you know, Sidney Poitier was a gentleman who really wanted to showcase black excellence in his characters. You know, that black people, we didn't just speak heebie, sheebie, weebie. Now I, I, I can't speak heebie, sheebie, weebie. I know I can speak, uh, slang. I can do that, but I also can speak not non-slang. I can be very articulate. I am articulate. And so what Sydney really showcased was the diversity of who we are as a people. And he picked a particular lane. I have picked a lane where in all my projects, for the most part, I've had some projects, you know, I say a few curse words here and there, but for the most part, my characters are images that people can look up to, whether you're Black or not. And 
the heart of it all is do good work. Whatever you're doing, do good work. Uh, what you put into it, you'll get out. So currently the show I'm working on, The Rookie, it's such a joy because I get to work around Makia Cox, Nathan Fillion, Sean Ashmore, some amazing, amazing people. Get ready to work with Niecy Nash like on the show because she has her spinoff of The Rookie, which they announced. So her and I have some stuff going down. But I'm telling you, it's a joy to work with amazing people. But it's also awesome to play this great character. Yeah. You know, James is this liaison between the community and the cops. And we need that. You know what I'm saying? In real life, we really need that. So it's an honor that I get to play him. But I'm also making sure that as I'm portraying this character, I'm doing good work. Mm -hmm. I hate bad acting. I think when people do bad acting, it's like, if you don't want to do this, there's somebody right behind you who's very... <laughs> who's ready to go <laughs> so do good work if if i presented you the opportunity to be in this moment do good work yeah. it's okay to be nervous that means you care so give it your all uh elevate the words on the page you know that's the whole thing as an actor as a thespian it's our job to look at those words look at these moments and bring them to life and really kind of you know inspire people on various levels, whether it be inspire someone to laugh, inspire someone to maybe pick up the phone and call their mama who they ain't talked to maybe in two years, inspire someone to think about, you know, their neighbor in a different way and have maybe more of a humanitarian approach to their day-to-day -day lives. That's what we do as, as performers. And it's an honor to carry that torch, but you gotta, you gotta be committed to it and you gotta love it. So what next year will be 30 years in the game. I love it. I still love it. I still respect it. Um, but now that I got kids and a wife, it's like, okay, you know, I, I look at my work very strategic. You know, I don't want to waste time doing something where not if I know if I don't really want to be the person to voice that character, then I'd rather not even audition. And so I now have the ability, thank God, to where I can look at a role and say, mm, I don't think this is for me. So Someone else is perfect for it, but I don't need to waste my time to even audition because I know that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And time is precious. Time is my greatest currency right now. Time's everyone's greatest yeah. currency. You can't yeah. get tomorrow. You can't get yesterday back. Yeah. And you don't know if you're going to see tomorrow. So appreciate the now. Live in the now. Appreciate the now. I love it, sir. And I feel that goes along with the process, right? Um, you mentioned diversity, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen you as, you know, Alan Strange. We've seen you as, I love you in Charm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> see another side of you. You know what's funny? Lavar Burton directed Lavar Burton, who was on Perception with me. He directed that Charmed episode. Yeah, that's how we first met. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. But just seeing you in these different characters, how do you decide what is best for you, right? And what does that process look look like in getting ready? Um, when you look at a character, and, and it's like. It's like looking at a relationship. You know, I, anytime I jump into a role, I have a relationship with this character. So if I look at it and I see that, wow, this is actually a beautiful rapport that I have with these words, with who this person is, um, then I feel solid about my approach. Uh, so the process, I mean, you really have to look at uh, the emotions. Uh, I just told someone recently, they were like, RJ, how, how do you memorize dialogue? I said, well, you, you first aren't memorizing the words. You're not doing it. You're memorizing the emotions. Mm -hmm. What is your 
character doing walking into the scene and how is your character walking out of the scene? When you memorize that, then you memorize where you are within the whole storyline. Once that's embedded in your head, then you start absorbing the words. And it's just like second nature. You're really just kind of spitting things off your tongue, but you know what the emotion is in the moment. You've memorized that. And so when I'm really looking at a role that I've been offered, if I don't feel like I have a, I don't want to say genuine the sense of it relates to my life personally, because I didn't relate to Alan Strange as an alien necessarily as an extraterrestrial, but I did understand what it was like to be awkward or to be, you know, the only black person in a room where Alan Strange was like the only alien in a room. So genuine can also just simply be, while yes, it can be something that you personally connect to, it's also just how does it make you, you know, cry within? Like when I read a role and I just go, I want to say, I got to be the person to say this. You know, I got to be the person to, to portray this moment. When you get that excited about something where you're just like, you're crying tears of joy inside. Yeah. Oh my gosh, your chances of booking the role are high because it, it comes off authentic. And so that genuineness, I really make sure when I look at a role, I'm like, do I genuinely connect with this? Is this something I want to do? Whether it be a comedy or a drama, do I connect with this? And if I do, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. And uh, yeah, I, I always say for every yes I've got in my career, I've had 50 no's. Yeah. And you have to really have strong skin uh, to get through life, but also to get through this business. I think my personal experiences outside of entertainment have also helped me to have tough skin. Um, and, uh, and I thank God for that. But um, again, really connecting with the material, really connecting with these characters is something that I take a lot of pride in. And if I'm not, if I'm not feeling it, I'm like, no, let's give this to somebody else. Let's just move on. Uh, so, so far I've, I've had a lot of yeses in my life that I've loved couple yeses where maybe it wasn't the best, but for the most part, they were yeses where I was like, wow, I'm very proud and honored. And to have someone like you even acknowledge, you know, to acknowledge charm, <laughs> there was a guest star role, but to acknowledge that, that means a lot to me. That means I did my job well. So I appreciate that. You're very welcome. And please continue to do it well because things that when we come back, we're going to talk about how he made history with the character of Alan Strange. Don't you go away. Back in a moment. Next, we talk Alan Strange. Don't you go away. Back in a moment. What's up, everybody? This is actor Darren DeWitt Henson, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. Stay tuned, because there's a whole lot more. Colors. What the? Mm. Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Mm. This one. Yeah, right, Marine. So I guess we don't stand for colors, huh? I'm sorry, sorry. I, I was starving. What was you eating on anyway? Let me put you on. This that Lucy's hoopy pie. Okay. Okay, okay. Hey, but uh, before you go, Marine, what, what can I get me one of those? Oh, at all the Super Target locations, Sergeant. Okay. And where can you get your chart sheet at in the morning? On your desk. As long as we track it.
Everybody, welcome back to the Michael Figgy Show. We're, we're chatting with my new best friend. I don't think he knows that he knows now. My new best friend, RJ Smith. And I'm just learning so much about him. You're, it's amazing that when you see these different people that you know idolize, but you enjoy watching, right? Uh, on the screen, they're two-dimensional. Right. But when you have a conversation with them, you sit down with them, or you try to get to know them, that makes them that much more, more three-dimensional. So thank mm. you for being three-dimensional today. Oh, absolutely. Come on now. I appreciate that. Uh, we Earlier uh, when we were chatting and you said it feels like a part of your childhood, that was always a very uh, interesting and beautiful experience when I was younger and even now when it still happens, when someone comes up to me and says, you look like somebody from my childhood. And <laughs> I'll go, hmm, okay, well, where are you from? You listen, and I'll go, wait a minute. Was you on Nickelodeon like 20 plus years ago? <laughs> and I'm like, I actually was. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like when you then get to have an, uh, an encounter with, say, someone on television, from my perspective, I'm also having an encounter and a moment with the audience. So while, while someone who approaches me is just, hey, man, that was so awesome to meet you. I'm like, hey, it's awesome to meet you, too, because I'm performing. I don't I, unless it's theater, I don't see everyone. You know, I'm looking at a lens or I'm looking at another actor and, and the camera is capturing us. So when I actually meet someone on the streets and they approach me, it's it's a two way experience. It's like, thank you as well, you know, for watching. But uh, that three dimensional dynamic, you know, people getting to experience me. I also get to experience the audience in a three dimensional way and actually get to hear people's stories or what they're going through or how watching a show like Alan Strange helped them during their years of high school because they were the only black kid who was into sci-fi, mm -hmm. you know? So they're like, that was for them. It was a support system having a show like Alan Strange. So those praise reports are so awesome for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like food for the soul. It is. It is. Chicken noodle soup. Come on now. I am still hungry, by the way. I know you're still hungry. <laughs> I'm gonna hurry up, I promise. She's still hungry. Okay. Oh, you get But going back to Alan Strange and how he made history in that role, initially that role was not supposed to be, have a black lead, right? It was not. That is correct. It was, so that how did that come about? Well, uh, Grace and Mercy uh, really is how it came about. Um, but I also mixed in with that Grace and Mercy. I had to give a great performance. Um, I'll never forget when it came to auditioning for Alan Strange, it was not written for an African-American boy. Um, but when I came in, they had at one point opened the auditions up to people of color. They were like, well, let's see some other options. Let's see what people are bringing. And my dialogue coach at the time, uh, rest in peace, Kelvin Reese, he was like, hey, let's really think about who Alan Strange is. You know, he's not human. He takes on a human form. But what is life like for him once he gets here? He's learning. So how would he talk? How would he carry himself? So we pretty much put together a cadence about Alan Strange, how he walked, how he looked, how he talked, you know, just everything about him. And when I went into the audition room, I just said, okay, let's just go for it. We're, we're ready to go. I'm prepared. And let's go for it. And I just remember in that room, it was as if my performance was a breath of fresh air to the producers. Like they literally said, oh, my gosh, um, no one has done that <laughs> yet. And I was like, 
oh, okay. In my head, I'm thinking, well, I'm, there's only one R.J. Smith, but they're probably coming from the perspective of no one's giving them something outside of the box. And I think everyone should be giving something that's quote unquote outside of the box. It's like, I'm a big hip hop fan. And as a nineties, you know, hip hop head, I love the fact that you had different artists giving their own unique takes. I mean, if you think about 90, even eighties hip hop, you had vanilla ice MC hammer, but then you could also throw on some tribe called quest, some day soul. And then if you were into the, you know, NWA, or if you were into the, you know, uh, 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 far side, you had options and everyone had their own unique kind of twist. Lately in the world of artistry, I feel like we have a lot of copycats and there's no disrespect there, but I think we kind of follow a formula. Uh, Oh, this was successful for this person. Okay. Let's rap like this. Oh, this was successful. This person, let's make our sound sound like this. Mm -hmm. And with acting, you find a lot of people will take a cadence or, or kind of nuances of, let's say, Denzel. Let Denzel be inspiring, but don't do Denzel. You can't do Denzel. Right. Don Cheadle, let him be inspiring, but you can't be Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. So take these other actors' approach as a form of inspiration, but then fine-tune it to really make it your own. And that's what I had to do with Alan Strange. I said, okay, what am I going to do with this? I, I have an idea of what most people are going to do, but what am I going to do? And I think that is what really made all the difference. Once I got in there in that audition room, they loved what I did. Uh, It was a process, too, simply because the show was not created for a little black boy. So there was the politics of it all. And thank God Nickelodeon got through the politics. Uh, There was a big thing that they brought up. They didn't know if they were going to get the proper uh, sponsorship because it was a little black, black boy. And we were on for three seasons. That first, that first season, we were uh, their top three shows on the network. Um, so we did very well. We did very well. And a lot of doors were opened, especially with the whole, the lead being black and as being a sci-fi show. We hadn't really seen that. The only other person you had was Darius on um, Secret World of Alex Mack, who mm-hmm. played her best friend. You know, you had that, but then as far as like, a black alien that was a teenager. I don't think we had ever really seen that. Now we had seen a black uh, alien before uh, with brother from another planet. Uh, uh, that that feature film many years ago, but really seeing a teenager who was black in sci-fi in the nineties. You know, you you're 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 breaking barriers. You're tearing down walls. To be honest, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really see the depth of that at the time to me i was just enjoying acting (laughs) and i just wanted to do a good job that was my forefront mission do a good job have fun all the other you know uh uh, add-ons the icing on the cake that came later in life uh once you realized and really saw the complete mosaic and creation of what alan strange had established you're like oh wow okay we were actually, you know, giving people a different viewpoint. It didn't have to necessarily be the best show or the best perform, but it was just to show opportunity. Like, wow, you could be black and the number one on a call sheet at the age of 13. Yes, sir. You proved that. 
<laughs> so it's like we've got a long way to go in entertainment. We've got a long way to go in America. We've got a long way to go in life. But those wins are moments of hope to say, hey, look, it's been done so we can do it again. And we can even do it on an even higher level as we continue to press forward. Don't stop moving. Uh, someone recently asked me, what would be your advice towards uh, achieving your goal? I said, don't stop. I say, keep going. That's the hope. You got to keep going. So, yeah. yeah. And you're, keep, you're keeping on and keeping on. We'll and I'm keeping on keeping on. I, I, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Uh, you know, that I, I even currently working on the rookie while I'm having a great time. I'm always looking forward to the next thing. Um, and what, what, what the next thing will be, I'm not sure quite yet. But in this present moment, even though I look forward to the future, I still live in the now. And right now, my gosh, I'm having a great time working on the rookie. I mean, it's been nothing but amazing. And and I love to, I, I love these conversations when I can talk about Alan Strange mm -hmm. uh, because it really was a unique experience, a beautiful experience, a humbling experience. But the fact that it still exists and we still have that footage, yep. you know, that's an honor. That's a huge honor for me. Yeah. Definitely. From Alan Strange to where you are now working on the rookie, I must ask, is James and RJ the same person? How do they like her? Are they different? Yeah, you know what? They, they're similar. They're similar. Um, they're never going to be exactly the same, simply because as an actor, I love to play characters. Um, so there are things about James uh, that I would say, like he runs a community center. I've never mm -hmm. ran a community center. Um, so there's small little, uh, uh, semantics where you can say, okay, they're not the same, but where they are related, uh, I will definitely pinpoint are their hearts, my heart, James's heart. Our hearts are very similar where we really have good intentions. We really want the best for others. Uh, we're conscious and aware of others. I think James is one of those guys that he really sees people. I'm a person where I, I see people. Uh, I would say that's part of my superpower is I walk into a room. I'm that brother that says hi to everybody, even on set. I, I say hi to, to the background actors. I say hi to the crew. I, I say hi to everyone. Good morning. How you doing? Uh, also, it's funny being from California. Asking how you doing is a very rhetorical question. We kind of grew up like, how you doing? You weren't really asking genuinely how someone was doing. It was almost as if you're just saying, what's up? But being in New York, being on the East Coast, when you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh, I'm all right. I'm, you know, you know, life is hard, a little struggle here and there, but you know, I'm going to be okay, son. What's up? What's up with you? And you're like, oh, uh, I need an answer. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Oh, dang, I got to figure out my answer. And so that became a new part of my, you know, cultural experience being on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. But I will say that's something uh, that was very natural to kind of correct that rhetorical of how are you doing? Uh, by actually expecting an answer and having an answer, uh, when you see people, when you really see people and approach them, it's not about being people's, you know, savior or, or how you can really, you know, just uh, completely turn someone's life upside down. A simple hello can brighten up someone's day. You got that right. Just a simple hi, good morning. Because right. it makes people feel like, oh, someone in life saw me and took the time just to say hello. Yeah. That can give someone so much energy. You know, that could be someone's 
you know, lemon juice booster shot or, or wheatgrass shot or, you know, they Jamba juice boost just by saying hello. That could be that thing that gets them going and gets over maybe a hump that we know nothing about. You don't know what that person was just going through or currently going through. But you saying hi, put a smile on their face. Exactly. So I think James and I, we see people. Uh, and what's great about Makia Cox's character, who plays Nyla, is that she also, she got, she's got this hardcore vibration about it, but she also sees people. And I think that's why our characters have embraced one another because of the authenticity, the, oh, you got good intentions. Okay, I like you. You cool. Uh, we both see that. You know, James's first encounter with Nyla from the first episode I did, He's looking at her like, why are you here? What you doing? Like, y'all ain't going to really change anything in this neighborhood. And she's looking at him like, yeah, no, we just here because, you know, <laughs> we're being scolded. <laughs> like, we know we ain't really making no difference necessarily. But she, her, her, her essence of her character wants to make a difference. But she's also very much so aware of the politics of being in LAPD and understanding that sometimes her hands are tied. She can only do so much, but she's willing to do what she can. James is the same way. His hands are tied, but whatever he can do to help help make a difference, he's willing to commit himself. And that's something I will say is very similar to my natural personality. Uh, I'm committed. If I'm doing it, I'm committed. Uh, if I'm not going to do it, then I'm not committing. But if I'm if I say I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to be somewhere, I stay true to that word um, and and make yourself present. So there's those those. Dynamics. I know that was very long-winded, but no, that was, no, I think that would be the key uh, correlation between James and I, is our heart. Uh, I think they're very similar, very um, connected to one another in that manner. Mm -hmm. yeah. And talking about your heart, you have your father and yes. you are a husband. Yes. What has your family, your wife and your children, what have they taught you about yourself? That I need to be more patient. Um, very much so. I got to be more patient. I got to build on my patience. Um, I said this uh, a little while ago where I said time is my greatest currency. Uh, my wife and even more so my kids have really helped establish this awareness of what you're doing with your time. And it's more so about quality of time. So if I'm traveling and working, Okay, I'm going to be away from my kids and from my wife. But once I come home, what am I doing? Am I going to the park with them? Am I reading books with my kids? Uh, are my wife and I having date nights? Yeah, we're doing all this. My wife and I, we have what's called date day because our nights are really hard to really have date night. But during the day, the kids are at daycare. Sometimes she has like a two, three hour window where she's not doing anything in the middle of the day. Hey, <laughs> let's go. Let's go have a date day. Like we have to still maintain that quality of our relationship. And so the qual time, the quality time that we spend, uh, I think that has been a huge uh, uh, growth within my life to where it comes to my sisters, uh, uh, my siblings, all my siblings, my, my parents, my uncles, my aunties, my cousins, my friends, spending quality time and really just zoning in on that moment where even if it's for an hour what are we doing are we really listening are we really talking are we having fun uh sometimes i think people just even in the moment they're on their phone <laughs> you're like 
I thought we were hanging out. If we're not hanging out, you're going to be on your phone. Then I'm going to go do something else because I, time is short. <laughs> so I'm not going to watch you look at your phone for the next hour. I got to go. And I do remember there was a time in my life when I was that guy on the phone. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, we're hanging out, but you're on your phone or you're doing some thinking something else. You're not really present. And my wife and kids, my kids have just really helped me be more present as a human being. You know, it's, it's one thing to be present as an actor in the moment you're doing a job. But then again, it's like, how do you go deeper in the quality of life that you're spending with others? And then also quality of life that you're spending for yourself. Yeah. You know, you take care of go to jail, eat right. All these things like I want to see my kids graduate. So I want to eat less bacon now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to I want to see me and my wife grow old. So let me hit the gym. You know, I want to be sexy in my 50s. I want to be sexy in my 60s, especially for her. So let's let's implement good habits now, because once you get to be 50, 60 and you're like, oh, man, I got diabetes. Oh, man, I got all this other stuff. What happened? Well, you wasn't taking care of yourself the last 20, 30 years. So, you know, you reap what you sow. Let's make good habits now. And my wife and kids helped me to create even better habits. Not that I had bad ones, but how do you improve your current habits? Exactly. All about improving. That's it. Why do people realize improvement is such a key thing in life? It's not about if you were bad or good. It's like, just improve. That means, how do you take it to the next level? What's wrong with that? Exactly. And it goes into learning. I always tell people that you learn something every day, right? Either by yourself, by the people around you. Only time that you stop learning is when you die. Woo! Preach. That's Preach. the only time you stop. So why not embrace that part? It's so simple. It doesn't cost it's a thing. Simple. It's simple. Come on now, because change is inevitable. That's the thing. Change is going to happen. So with change, why not improve? Why not go to the next level? Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the actor's name. I, I hate that I cannot remember his name right now, but he won a Tony Award and he just had the greatest speech where he talked about the slow lane is the fastest way to get to where you're going in life. Hmm. Uh, he said, walk into a room where everyone lights up when you walk in. That's the kind of people you want to be around. But the last thing he stated correlates to something I always have told my wife. He says, the top of one mountain is the bottom of another. So keep climbing. And I've always told my wife, I said, honey, when you go to different levels, you start at the beginning of each level. So if you've conquered level 10, great. But once you get to level 11, it's going to feel like you're starting over. But that's OK, because you're starting at the beginning of level 11. Get through 11. So then you get to 12. And I think sometimes even fear makes us kind of retract or resort back to, well, I know level five, so I'm just going to live in level five. And you're like, but brother, <laughs> why are you just going to stay there? It's one thing to maybe stay at 10 and say, hey, I'm okay here. I think I'm going I'm to do well here. I wish people would go to 11. But one thing we definitely should not be going doing is going back to level five and six and two and one. Like, don't go backwards. If you're going to stay where you are, okay. What's wrong with going to the next level, though? You're going to feel like you're starting over because you are starting over at a totally different ball game. Totally. Totally. So new for you. Yeah, it's so new for you. you. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I got to have you back on, sir, talk about fear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you're going to tap into something else, sir. 
I'm telling it's a cancer. It's a cancer. He is. It is a cancer. And it will stop you in your tracks. Yep. It will stop you in your tracks. Wow. Yep. So yep. not only have you you have this awesome career, right? Uh, you you you're you're so great, sir. You're so awesome. Um, but you have this other side that some people don't know. Please talk about just beyond. Oh boy, just beyond my 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 alter self. Uh, so when I was younger, I was a professional dancer. Uh, I started dancing at the age of ten. Uh, professionally stopped dancing around the age of twenty. But I used to dance for Reebok. I danced for Nike. I was with a troupe called Culture Shock in Los Angeles, but they had we had troops all over from Florida to Northern Cali, Southern Cali. Um, and so that's still my brothers and sisters. Shout out to Culture Shock. Uh, but yeah, so because of dancing, I just was in love with music. Uh, that's just always been a part of my life. Uh, I, dr I was a drummer when I was younger. Uh, and so as I got older, one of my buddies, uh, around 2003, 2004, showed me how to use a beat machine and music programs. One of my cousins as well, uh, who's a music producer, showed me a few things. And it's really just been a nice hobby of mine. Uh, I do music production, but I've been blessed to work with some awesome people. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Illa J, younger uh, music producer, uh, Jay Dilla. Uh, him and I have done some cool stuff. I've done some music with Nico Gray. I've got a chance to work with my sister from church, who I grew up with, Amber Riley. Um, so I've been able to have some fun with it. And it's been nothing but awesome. Rocco Moon, shout out to you, brother. Uh, uh, Slim the Reason, Five Went Through Elevators. Uh, just some cool people I've been able to do some great things with. But what's nice is having a successful acting career I didn't have to put a lot of pressure in my music career. Uh, I've just been able to have fun and just really enjoy creating. And I think that's another thing about being an artist. I'm always trying to create. I'm also writing now, I'm writing scripts. Uh, real quick, I'll put a teaser out there. I'm trying to see about doing an Alan Strange animation spinoff. Um, so I've been writing that. And so, yeah, it's for me, being creative is part of my essence. It's part of my DNA. So music just allows me to be creative in a way where I don't feel judged. You know, I'm not sure. I, I have put some stuff out uh, on uh, uh, Apple Music. So you can't find some Just Beyond stuff out there. But again, I was just jamming to before we started. I was jamming to Day by Day. Oh, man. Yes. Shout out again. Slim to Reason. That's my homie. Um, quick backstory, if I can't tell you, with that yes. song, the, the beginning introduction, there's a gentleman speaking. That's my brother-in-law who passed away about four years ago, uh, my wife's brother. That was his speech he gave at our wedding. And we got married in 2015. So fast forward 2018, he passes. And Slim to Reason was like, uh, hey, man, I want to do a song. Uh, you got any beats? So I sent him some beats. And literally, that's the verse he had to that track. I said, dude, you don't understand how inspiring your words are right now. So we took about a year to mix. Um, I got my buddy Joel to come on, did some guitar. Uh, uh, it was just awesome. Uh, Darren Dean came on, she did her vocals, she killed it. And then, yeah, we had the whole mixing process and then put that song out. And again, for me, it was just a joy to have my, my brother-in-law's vocals on the track and just share a piece of him with the world. 
but creatively putting that song together it was just it was just a beautiful time that had all the purest intentions it wasn't made because we were like, oh man let's try to get a grammy on this and no not that there's anything wrong with getting a grammy but it is to say right now with my music i'm able to just do things that i'm super passionate about and i don't have to worry about any criticism so thank you for for bumping that and i'm glad that you enjoyed it <laughs> definitely are you still working on in the beginning in the beginning, the music project. Yes, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to figure out where that's going. But yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. In the beginning, is is on its way. Okay. <laughs> when I when I have some more free time from wife, kids, and being James. We're <laughs> <laughs> still waiting, sir. We're waiting. Yes, so yes, there's someone out there, especially that looks like us, right? There's someone out there who wants to be like RJ, right? Mm -hmm. The next RJ. Mm -hmm. What would you tell the individual? <sighs> to be yourself, number one, and know who you are and be confident in that. And me being RJ, I'm just doing the best I can, but I'm also being true to myself. And I would say the only limitations life offers are the ones you put on your, on your own life. The ones that you you know, that you self-inflict. So if you've got a dream or a desire, I'm here as a representation to say, you can achieve it, go forward. And in God's timing, it'll all manifest. But there's nothing like preparation. When the moment comes, be prepared. Be prepared. And so my advice to that person would be, know, again, know yourself, but have preparation, uh, uh, enjoy the process. Because when the moment comes, you want to be ready and then you're going to shine and then you have a story. And as we said, keyword and testimony is test. So you're going to go through some tests. You're going to go through some trials and tribulations. You're going to go through ups and downs. That's all part of your story. And so my ups and downs that I've had in my life, they're all part of my story on camera, off camera. You know, I have I've gone through some things. I'm, I'm still going through some things, but it is possible. You have to just keep pressing forward and know that if you've got just mustard seed faith, <laughs> how much is required? You a just a little bit, you're going to be all right. You're yes, going to be all right. You're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. <laughs> I got a feeling everything is going to be yeah. all, right. all right. Yes, Amen. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes. Brother. I love it. Thank you so much. Okay. Where can the Fink fam um, follow you on social media and how can they also watch The Rookie? So you can watch The Rookie on ABC on Sundays, but uh, reruns are on Hulu. So go check that out. Uh, my Instagram is RJARJAY underscore Smith, S M I T H. And uh, yeah, I'm actually also in the process of trying to build a website so I can stay connected with people with. You know, just different creative things me and my wife are doing. Uh, shout out to my wife. She just finished directing Sesame Street. Uh, by the way, another, another shout out about my wife. She was one of the directors on season two of A Black Lady Sketch Show. So Brittany Scott Smith, that's my baby. She is killing it right now in the directing world. So proud of her. But we have things that we are creating together. So very soon, when time is right, we'll put those things out. Um, but yeah, in the present moment, RJ underscore Smith for Instagram. Uh, and then just beyond on Apple Music, Spotify, J-U-S space B-E-Y-O-N-D. 
go check out Hulu uh, to watch uh, episodes of The Rookie. And again, every Sunday, we're, uh, we're on. Yeah. All your information is in the description in the description below. There we go. Yeah. There we go. It's going to be right there. It's going to be right there. It's right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. <laughs> Thank you so much, RJ, for being oh, with us. And absolutely. I just had fun with this. Man, this, this was a joy. This was a joy. This was a pure joy. And I want to say thank you again. Love what you're doing. Please keep doing what you're doing because we need it. And it's very much so advantageous to the community on so many wonderful levels. So thank you, brother. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. Big fam, don't you go away. Back in a moment. Hey, what's up? It's actress and singer Christine Horn, and you are watching The Michael Finkley Show. We have so much to talk about. We have so much to laugh about. All here on Finkley. Keeping your skin flawless and clean is important. And I have the products just for you. Welcome to Mimi's Natural Pantry, where she specializes in homemade handcrafts, including rye and goat milk soaps, body butters, and sugar scrubs. All items are handmade products. All items have simple ingredients and are vegan friendly. In a world where you can barely pronounce many of the ingredients in your everyday products, Mimi's Back to Nature offers an alternative choice for those who are ready to get back into nature. Ready to order? Visit their website at ninisnaturalpantry.com. All orders over $50 have free shipping up to 25 pounds. On the next Michael Finkley Show, Dr. Tina Ramsey is with us. She chats with us about her incredible show and so much more. Friday. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope that you learned something from our guest today. We're inspired and encouraged and motivated by them as well. I know I was. Thank you so much, RJ, for being with us and just telling us your story in your words. We appreciate you. Much more success to you, my friend. And don't be a stranger. You are part of the Fink fam now. Thank you so much again. If you're not already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Michael Finkley Show. Ring the bell for notification. We'll see you an email saying, hey, new content uploaded. Please listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For more information about what we do on the show, Visit our website, michaelfinkleyshow.com. Of course, U42. Visit us at u42.com and all of our content there with some exclusive things coming your way, I promise you. Thank you so much for watching. And guess what? We'll see you next time. Have a good one.